0: And so we, we live in a world that very much cares about the individual. And, and I think that's, there's a lot of validity to that, right? However, when it comes to church, it's not about the me. It's about the us. And even if, and I'm going to take this very with a grain of salt. Even if you step into the church because you're saying, well, I probably should, okay? God can still use that. Because I'm telling you, there have been times that I'm like, um, as a pastor, you think I want to be in church every Sunday, right? You know my expectations are on me, right? And I have my bad days, right? Now, I'm pretty open with people. Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Ah, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> or, I'm not good. I'm pretty bummed out about this. Like, I'm, I try to be open and honest. Um, but, like, but I'm telling you what, how many times, well, how many times do you want to go to the gym?
1: Welcome back to the Sign of Good Health podcast. Today I'm with Pastor Jeff. He's the pastor for, uh, what is it, United Hope Summit Church? Uh, It's just Hope Summit Christian Church. Yeah, Hope Summit Christian Church. It's an independent church in uh, southeast Rochester. So today we're going to talk about, like, what is the point of church? And not calling it pointless, it's just more trying to understand the role of church in the practice of Christianity So, um, yeah. And I know this is a health podcast, too. Yeah, so. so We can talk about how it
0: can be good for us, you know, the the benefits of doing this and how it can make a difference. Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
1: because there's, um, we actually had a a health scare recently, my wife and I, so she had a a CT scan that showed, and she had ovarian cancer when she was in high school, and she was supposed to have her 10-year checkup, and they saw something on her no, uh, ovary, and they were, you know, wanting further testing because Mayo's not somebody to sweep stuff under the rug. No, no, that's, so, that's good. So we were scared, uh, but she got an MRI, and then so they found some cysts, but no cancer. Um, but the reason I bring that up is her mom, with their church up in Ada, she called, like, five people and just had, like, probably a 1,000 people praying for us with the testing. So that's right. So the, the health aspect is there's very much that community and that belonging, and that can mm. just benefit you a ton. Well, and that's everything we're going to talk about today, based on the questions that we had
0: right. uh, kind of discussed. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to jump into those?
1: Yeah. Um, cool. So from a parenting perspective, you know, I'm just assuming we'll, we'll talk about, like, the loop of, your parents dragged you to church, and you hated it as a kid. And um, so what is there a better system? Because like, then if you don't bring the kids to church, they don't have that foundation of feeling like church is a thing. So yeah. what do you do?
0: Yeah. So uh, it sounds like uh, you and I had a similar kind of growing up. You know, I grew up in the church. My dad was actually the pastor. Um, so I was the PK. That's, you know, that's what we call each other and uh pastor's, kid. pastor's yeah. kids yeah the pks and uh and so yeah i mean it was like a part of the job description that your kids should probably be in church if you're in church right so it was kind of connected even to it wasn't just because they had faith and they wanted their children to have it it was even like connected to that job right and so it was just a normal part of our family growing up but i very much was like You know, they made me, like, wear a tie sometimes, you know? And, like, I remember hating that as a kid. Um, And then, yeah, just over time, just, you know, the the transition, that transition from this is my parents' faith that they're trying to, like, bring me along into versus am I going to accept it for myself? You know, that transition, um, it's, you know, I think it's different for every person, but there's a similarity when it comes to, uh, people who grew up in the church and 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 I think the way that we um, so i'll even just take my wife and I as an example same thing she grew up in the church, you know her and I are actually both the oldest uh, children, and so not only that we so not only were we pastors kids, but like we we're the oldest ones, and there's just different expectations for like that older kid you know and and so we both grew up in that and and obviously, we both very much care about our children, uh, knowing Jesus. You know, that's 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 really at its core. And uh, but as I, uh, you know, dug into God's word, because again, like the answers, I really do believe are there. It's it's, uh, it's something that was written out thousands of years ago, but it's still been so relevant across cultural uh, boundaries, across uh, across the ages. You know. There's just certain principles. There's like these principles that that God put in His Word that just play out. And if you trust them, like they work. And and one of the ones that comes to my mind is, uh, you know, uh, in Proverbs it talks about, you know, you know, show the child the way they should go, and they, they won't easily turn from it. The data backs that up. Um, if you want to see a group of people who are the most passionate about their ministry, and I just and I mean this. Go to a children's ministry conference, okay? Like, go to a children's pastor's conference or a children's worker's conference. Those guys believe that they are the most important ministry in the church. Um, Because, once again, the data shows it. that when um, a child comes to faith early on in life, uh, even if they go away from it in their later years the chance of them coming back to it are astronomically different I don't have those numbers written down right now but it's just incredible huh? so the importance of teaching kids is, is, is very valuable um, from a parent's perspective um, I know having worked in kids ministry and youth ministry for most of my years in ministry I've been here six years this is the, only, this is the first time I've led a church all the other times I was involved in, in uh, youth ministry or kids ministry and um, the, the, the one, number one thing that I would see consistently in the lives of, like the people in my church who had the kids that were just following um, was that they lived the gospel, they lived the gospel out in their personal life, not just in their public life, meaning what the kids saw their parents doing at church, they saw at home, Right. okay? The number one thing Was that they took, um, in Deuteronomy, there is, um, there's a command that says how to raise your kids in it. They talk about writing it on the doorways of your, writing God's word on the doorways of your houses. As you're walking along the road, talk about it with your children, right? That um, as a parent, um, church is not the major discipler of my kids. I am. Mm -hmm. And the parents who take that role really seriously... take it on themselves to be like, you know, I can bring my kids to church and they'll learn some great stuff. But it really is up to me to have those one-on-one conversations where, when they're having trouble with a friend at school, where does Jesus relate to that? When they're struggling with their homework and getting work done, where does Jesus relate to that? And it's not necessarily about shoving, you know, God's Word down their throat. It's it's really just about, like, like, here's what you know, here's, here's how this fits into the faith that we follow. And, again, the parents who are actually living this stuff out, their kids see that and they're like, why wouldn't I follow that? You know what I mean? And so, ultimately, what's really, uh, you know, and, and again, we're going to get to this. Um, the individuality of faith is important. Okay? But the body of faith is really important. Right? And so when a kid sees their parents living it out, That's going to be a huge draw. However, let's say they don't have parents that are doing that, but they come to church and they meet, like, a youth worker who is. That stands out to them, right? It really comes down to practice what you preach. It's a simple thing, and that's a simple principle, right? And that, at the same time, um, having a church that your kids want to go to is a big deal. And, um, you know, back in the day, like, when I was growing up, You know, I I can remember my mom being my Sunday school teacher. I can remember Betty, uh, wonderful, sweet, church lady Betty, you know, uh, Roxanne, you know, my friend's mom. You know, I remember these ladies teaching me, and I remember liking them. I also remember a few others that I won't name that I didn't like, right? But I still have lessons that I remember them teaching me, right? I still like All these years later, I don't even have that great of a memory. I still remember things they taught me. Uh, Not just because they were good teachers, but because I saw the way they lived their life. I saw how Roxanne treated her family. You know, how my friend Ben was treated by her mom. And then she was my Sunday school teacher. So I saw it alive. uh, A friend of mine, uh, a guy that, uh, he's, you know, now a friend, but one of the guys had the biggest impact. His name is Mike. Got cancer, right? I watched how he went through that and how his faith played into that. And he was one of the first guys who said, you're just riding on the coattails of your parents' faith. You need to own it for yourself. Again, so even when my parents weren't perfect, which, no, no, sorry, right. there were other people around that were living it mm-hmm. that gave what, they, what my parents were talking about, what the preacher was talking about, which was often my dad, not always, what those guys were talking about, they gave it flesh, it wasn't just, you know, an idea. It wasn't just words on a Bible. Right. It, like, you know, Jesus in, in, in 1 John, it talks about how the Word became flesh and made its dwelling among us, right? Mm-hmm. When people take God's Word, live it out, live it amongst people, that's when kids and adults alike look at, look at Jesus, look at God's Word, and they say there's something to that. Right? For sure. And so when it comes to the model, like I want to encourage parents. Now again, I, if there's any parents who tried to raise their kids well, who did live it out, and they still, their kids aren't following it, can I just encourage you? I've met some of the best people in the world, some of the best pastors in the world who raise their kids amazing. And they sometimes, there's just that one, and that's the whole, they get a choice. They just get their choice. And that's okay. God gave that choice to them. And so parents have a responsibility, but they are not responsible for.
1: Right? Yeah. Well, and you can't, like, force a belief. Like, you can't just be like, ding! Like, right? You flip a switch. Like, it's... it's... And I gotta say, so,
0: like, another part about this, and I mean, I don't want to take up our whole time talking about this, but obviously it matters to me. I'm kind of passionate about it. Uh, So, Jesus talks about the Word of God being like a seed. Okay? And he talks about, uh, he gives a parable of four soils. There was a there was the path, there was the, the, the rocky soil, the, the weedy soil, and then the good tilled soil, right? So, parenting kids to follow Jesus is not about shoving that seed down. It's about tilling the soil around their lives, right? And so, like, that's why sometimes you'll see these kids who have no faith. Like, I've met some of the best kids who have no faith and their parents have no faith just because they were good parents right? right the one difference is that when they look to the future you know Jesus wasn't in there and they didn't see eternity as necessary and so like I would tell parents if just take parenting classes right learn, learn how to communicate right some of these basic things which by the way the Bible's filled with great advice on how to do these things right like those things, and so when it comes to raising kids, you gotta see it as, so often there's a fear base that comes from it, right? There's a lot of fear that's like, well, what if, what if? Again, in cry, in, there's no fear in love. That's what, that's what, that's what John tells us in, in one of his letters, right? Um, let's eliminate that fear. Let's recognize that there's work, but let's also recognize that, that we can help till the soil, but it's only ever the choice of the individual to make the choice. And, like, can we entrust our kids to God? That he, and that's one of the things that has helped me when I feel like I'm messing up as a parent. God loves my kids with a perfect love that I don't, that I can't have. I mean, I can try my best, but I will, there's going to be self, times of selfishness, mistakes, imper- He loves them with a perfect love. So if I can just keep trying my best, show a lot of love, show a lot of grace... I'm just doing my best to till the soil and the rest kind of to him. And again, that's living by faith,
1: right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and that, that's a really good point with, um, like, I actually first heard that from, I was actually a, a Jewish, I'll call it an adopted mom of mine, yeah. uh, where I had, because uh, she's very strong in her faith, and I had asked her about passing on the values, and she said, like, like you're saying, like, it's how you live your life, and it's like kids are really smart, so they'll see if the parent is living in hypocrisy, like they force go to church, but the parents themselves don't, and it's just like the thing to do, mm-hmm. or like you're saying with how they treat Ben or whoever. It's like that's going to church doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're integrating that. So it's like yeah, living the truth.
0: And actually, um, what I want to help us do, even in this conversation is let's talk about how um, like going to a service on Sunday is very much church. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's kind of the first question that you ask, you know, like what, you know, what's the point of church? Why is it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and say so going, to, going to a church on a Sunday morning versus like being a part of a church. Those are so different. Right. And again, mm-hmm. we can, as we go deeper into questions, but I just want to like raise that up Um, Because I think culturally, when we think go to church, we think, of course, of a Sunday service, right? And, uh, again, that's something that at Hope Summit we are just constantly fighting against. Yeah. And trying to help move towards those other deeper relationships.
1: Yeah. So it seems like we're going to this one. Um, So is church for a, a, a better understanding of Christianity, spiritual renewal slash connection, or because you're supposed to, right? And it's like, you know, and I'm assuming you're going to say, like, going to church Sunday, 9 a.m. or whatever, like, that's not the point. Right. Yeah, okay, so
0: so going because you're supposed to, man, I still want to just take that burden off of people's hearts, okay? Right. Like, because that is going to be the thing that, uh, yeah, that just kind of embitters. Like, if I feel like I have to be here, right? Like, so this is where, this is where the, this is why the gospel has to stay center focused, man, in everything that we do, okay? You and I have lots of things that we should do, right? But, like, when we live in the shoulds, shouldas, right? Or the couldas, or the woulds or whatever, right? When we live in that, like, Jesus came to eliminate that stuff from us, okay? Like, Jesus came because we couldn't. Because we wouldn't. Because we probably should have, but we didn't. Like, that's why he came. The whole purpose was... Was... was like, like the, the law, the, the Old Testament. The stuff that doesn't define our lives anymore. Right? That was given to help us see how far off we are. Right? Like, so... Like, And Paul talks about that in Romans. How, how the law was given... To basically verify sin is the problem, mm-hmm. but that you and I cannot on our own be free of it, okay? Jesus came, and he, he never stepped away from his father, okay? Like, meaning um, he never made that decision that would separate him from God, which, I mean, that's... When we talk about God being holy, that's what holiness means, is, is set apart, Right? Like, God made us for holiness. We sin, which means we step away from that, which means now we're separated from God. God is the giver of life. God's the maker of light and love and all that stuff. We separate from that, we're left in a world of darkness and hate and violence, the world we live in right now. Okay, Jesus came to bridge that gap, right? Jesus came so that in faith, okay, that our... Uh, we have a cross over here, so if I point over here that 's why okay we got a big cross that the cross is there so that in faith when we when we trust that God made this sacrificial lamb, which is something that we kind of see Jesus as right um, this this man who who this God who came in in flesh, lived, breathed, stubbed his toe like you and I, had relationships where uh, they, he was embraced, and then uh, rejected, right, abandoned. You know, he just he lived life, so he, he knows the temptations, he understands it, right? But he still, said no to, he still said no, right? And because he went to the cross and died, what that means, he didn't deserve death, right? He didn't deserve that punishment of sin. So when he died, he died, what death was he dying? Well, he was dying ours, right? And the whole point of that was to say, you cannot... You cannot earn your way to God. You just yeah. can't. And and he t- he takes off the pressure of saying you have to live a certain way. And it really is the one thing that separates uh, Christianity from every other religion in the world. Yeah. Right. Um. And and that's actually that's, that's the one thing that continues to connect. It's like your actions determine your outcome. Right. Yeah. Our so Jesus. Yeah, in yeah. The Bible. It's like a corpse can't
1: raise itself. I don't remember what. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Yeah. But
0: but see, what it is, it's no longer about our actions determine our outcome. Jesus' action can determine our outcome, right? Now, there is the choice. If we have anything, that's, that's it. But it's not the choice that's so much of doing, going to church, and earning that. It's the choice of, do I really believe? And this is what I'm constantly challenging myself with, my wife, my children, my church. Do I really believe that God's love is infinite? and that it's deeper than all my sin that it's greater than all of my failures that it's that it can cover even my deepest and darkest shames right do i really believe that because if i really believe that right it changes my outlook on god myself and everyone else around me into a place of an outlook of love and i mean that's what he came to bring man he came to bring love and so when it comes to church on Sundays, I just, I got I wanted to get, we have to get that piece in there. Jesus is about love and grace, right? Now, he does call us to a higher standard, but again, not because we have to earn our way up there. He calls us to a higher standard for the sake of our lives being better and making an impact on the lives of others in such a way that it brings them to a relationship with him and just a life of love, right? That's why Jesus is just... Even people who don't believe that he was God's son love Jesus because he's always talking about taking care of those who are in need. Right? Forgiveness, the fruits the of the spirit, spirit, the fruits of the spirit. Like they love that part of Jesus, right? And again, that's what we want to bring. Okay. So church, what's it about? Is to every week gather together for the sake of encouragement. So when we come, it's very much to encourage faith, to remind people. This is the Jesus that we follow. You, people come in here having a great week with their heads held high. Some people come in with their heads down, feeling like they're really, you know what? At the foot of the cross, it's all level playing field. That means we all, it's just, we come in and we worship because, well, I mean, someone, uh, someone achieves something great, then we give them honor, right? It's just, there's just something right about that, right? So we come and we worship simply because he's worthy, simply because the cross is, you know, the cross is enough for us to come together and be like, God, you're awesome, right? Um, So we worship, and then we dig into God's word together, very much for the sake of learning, very much for the sake of understanding deeper. Um, That's why I get paid to do this, right? Because I've spent years and years studying, still studying in school to, to know how to take God's word and be able to encourage people and practically apply it and you know my job as a pastor is to equip people that's the biblical like job description for me is to equip people so that's what I do when I preach Uh, but then very much it's for fellowship it's for that constant connection right COVID taught us how important those connections are of just consistent connections and uh, get a little zoom crazy after a while right Um, although there is still very much a lot of validity we have online ministry here that so happy we can provide for people but um just that and even then like we're just like getting online and saying okay who's here you know we're excited you know we greet people and we're connected through facebook and just that constant connection you know we we're just built for relationships so that happens uh consistently but then a big part uh, a really important part of church on sundays that we care about a lot is that you don't come for yourself right like uh I think if you, I think, I think a Christian who loves Jesus, who's you know just you know, someone who's kind of real mature in the faith and been around the block, and you know they can walk into any church and glean something off of any message meant for anyone, because they're ready to receive whatever is given, right? Not everyone comes in with that. Some people come in with uh, expectations, and they want church to look a certain way, and you know, and or or they come in with pain. That needs to be addressed before they can receive the message, or they come in with kids and they're like, "I really want my kids to learn this stuff." And you know, they, I mean, for the reason for people to come to a church on Sunday, there's just you know, so many different reasons. And so we try to help our people see that that Sunday is not about us. It's not about you. Sunday is about Sunday is about the body coming together and having the opportunity to show jesus right to to be an example of love right and so so let's say like my life things are going great you know great relationship with my wife with my kids things the job are going let's say that's all that I could describe you know my life you know if i think of church as something where i need it i'm going to go there to grow or whatever i might skip out on church that sunday or maybe a month Because I'm like, I'm feeling good, you know, me and God, we're good, you know, I've even been reading my Bible every so often, right? If that is my attitude towards the church, I'm still missing something,
1: okay,
0: because what that means, there are people here, and this is what, again, I try to encourage, when you show up on a Sunday, you have, God might have something for you, but God has something for someone, and it might come through you, right, right? it might you might be the one not the preacher not the worship not any of that stuff you might be the one that just bumps into someone i mean you just have no idea how like even just a smile can go such a long way right or a welcoming handshake or hey i've never seen you before let me or a very good friend just had bad news the night before comes to church broken and you're just there to minister to him right and so um, see our, our cultures uh, we, we live in a culture that really worships individuality right that 's what makes money you know if you can get to the individual, you can get into their pocketbook right I mean that's just unfortunately, I might have a real kind of sad outlook on our world today um, but like you, you got to admit like when you watch the commercials it 's directed at the individual right and so we, we live in a world that very much Cares about the individual, and and I think that's there's a lot of validity to that, right? However, when it comes to church, it's not about the me; it's about the us. You know, and so why do we show up on Sunday? All those things you said, and even if, and I'm I'm I mean, take this very with a grain of salt. Even if you step into the church because you're saying, well, I probably should, okay? God can still use that, because I'm telling you, there have been times that I'm like, um. As a pastor, you think I want to be in church every Sunday, right? You know my expectations are on me, right? And I have my bad days, right? Now I'm pretty open with people. Hey, how you doing, pastor? Ah, I'm okay. <laughs> or I'm not good. I'm pretty bummed out about this. Like, I'm, I try to be open and honest. Um,
1: but, like, but I'm telling you what, how many times how many
0: times do you want to go to the gym
1: yeah i was just going to say like it sounds like christianity and faith is kind of the same thing as fitness with like you need to put the time in even on the days you're not feeling like it or it's like like you're saying like things are going great i don't need this like right. it's like it doesn't matter like just yeah. it's that continual process yes and i was talking about this uh with my my mother in law who's the set up the prayer warriors on uh, for my wife's testing and and she was talking about like Going to church and even like the... And we can get to this next. Like the, the sacraments and the aspects of church um, in addition to the community connection. Like, like that stuff builds that foundation. And,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we take communion every Sunday, I hope so, right? Because that's like... Oh, I forgot what the mathematical term is. The zero, 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 zero. Binary stuff? Yeah, maybe? well, it's just... On a graph, you know, when you have your love, yeah, yeah, right? So, like, when it comes to, I, this is how, again, now, this is how I see it. Obviously, that stuff wasn't invented when the Bible came out. But, like, so, like, our our origin spot, our zero, 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 zero spot, okay? Mm -hmm. Our origin spot was created by God, for God, relationship with God, who put us on this earth, right? You know, go multiply, you know, and he I just want to make you my image. That's how he created us, right? I want to make them in our image. That's what that's what God said. Speaking of the, the Trinity there, right? So I want to make him in our image. Okay? But then we added something to our image that was not of God, which was sin. Right? So Jesus, the whole purpose of the of the cross was to get us back to that zero 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 point of Of having the image of God the holiness of God the goodness the righteousness of God and and like and so that the cross that's that's it for us right and I know my life I'll drift this way or that way or this way and so communion is this foundational reminder every Sunday you are loved his body was broken his blood was spilled sacrifice was taken so that your life could be saved his love through his grace it's just this constant reset constant reset right and so that yeah i mean man i tell you like i i tell my church all the time stop giving catholics people such a hard time because you know we're a part of the reformation movement which was to kind of break away from a lot of the liturgy and a lot of the the extra sacraments and kind of stuff that became such a normal part and and so there's a lot of pride in our church of being like, see, we're not tied down by Lent and all this other kind of stuff. And but, but I'm like, guys, but Lent started to to help people focus. It's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Participate, please, right? Um, and also to say like like I w- I read this article that was so telling of mass every day, right? Yeah. Like how they talked about how how it was so vital for their personal health. And if they hadn't been doing going to church every day, they're like, it just was a way to start my day on the right foot, and it kept me focused on Jesus throughout the day. I remember reading that and just going like, why do we only have church on Sundays, we're crying out loud? When you look at the early church, it says they met together daily in their homes and in the temple. That was the early church, man. And so if anything, if anyone's getting it right, they're actually closer when it comes to that kind of practice, right? And so I remember, so when it comes, like what your, what your mother-in-law said, she's like, these foundational things, they just keep us focused on the right stuff. If I work out, I mean, you can tell I'm a big boy, right? When I work out and I go home and eat, I am less likely to put junk in my body because I just made myself hurt, to get better, why would I do that and then go home and be stupid, right, with the food stuff? And so, these practices, there's a lot of validity to everything that's good is hard. Getting a degree, working out, okay, becoming something, uh, climbing the, you know, whatever corporate ladder you're wanting to climb, all that stuff takes, like, grit. And so sometimes... (laughs) Well, I'm going to church because I should. That's why I'm saying I take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do that, man. Because yeah. you're gonna I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I've had people tell me, oh, I wasn't gonna come to church today, but I'm really glad I did. Yeah. That
1: really spoke to me, or that was well, and, and yeah, those are always the days where you, you that particular day the sermon speaks to you or the song or whatever. Or that's the day yeah. when
0: I'm going to the gym that I needed time to stop. Because, I mean, think of all the chemical stuff that's going on. Like, you're, you're mentally healthier when you're working out, right? I mean, there's been enough to s- stuff to show that, right? Yeah. The day that I really don't want to go to the gym, I go home. You After my like, record or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm really glad I did that, yeah. you know? I feel better because I did that, you know? And so,
1: spirituality is the exact same way. Yeah. So, let's talk about, like, um, we were talking about, like, the individual and... Um, I think I already know the answer where you're going with this but uh, people talk about like not having an experiential relationship with religion yeah. and so like for example when I was going through I went to a private school um, and it seemed like the other kids got it with something with the Christianity stuff and, it, and despite going through school and having a, I'll say a decent understanding about Christianity and the Bible um, I, I wasn't on that same level as them mm. so uh, but then i'm thinking about like you know you shouldn't be going into church expecting the holy beam to shine down on you and everything's magical and perfect right. either so so yeah i when i read that question the first thing that came into my mind
0: when when jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment he kicked that question back at the guy and the guy he said well what do you say he said well love the lord your god with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul with all your strength right And he said, "Yeah, you've spoken well. The seconds like it. Love your neighbor as you would like to love yourself." Okay. Now, so when it comes to, and man, I've been there. Like, there's just been some days where I come to church. I'm like, God, I could really use kind of like an emotional moment. You know, I could use like a that song to hit just right, so I you know can tear up a little bit or something. God, loving God is a part of the heart. Okay, loving God with your heart is a big part of it, and again, in our uh, culturally, the way we've grown up, right? The heart is the seat of all of our emotions, and so loving God with all of our emotion, like that's that's you know that's where we are. Um, but I mean, in the Old Testament, it was the bowels, which I actually think makes more sense. So the seat of the emotion being the heart, they would say all their emotions came from their gut which I think makes more sense because if you ever get butterflies because you're yeah. excited about something, where does it feel? Like? You don't feel it in your heart. You feel it here. Anyways, that's a side note. Sorry. <laughs> Getting on a little tangent here. Okay, Loving God with your heart is a fourth of the equation. Okay, Loving God with your mind. Loving God with your body. Loving God with your soul, which is kind of like a, a, like the center point of all these three. I, one of the best messages I ever heard was talked about, how do you love God with your soul? It was amazing. And if you ever want to, we can talk more about that. That, But that's probably its own thing. But um, so there are days that your heart's not going to feel it. Okay? But your head, the knowledge stuff, understanding, is a huge part of worshiping God. And then, like we were even talking about before a little bit, loving God with my body. Like, my head and my heart might not be in it, but I'm here anyways. And it's still worship, Right. Like, that's still loving God. We, he, it's not like he's like, but you don't want to go to church today? Why not? He knows why. Yeah. If, he, if he can keep count of how many hairs are on your head, he knows. He can probably be like, yeah, he's been struggling with this. He, right? And so, so he knows. So he knows when we choose to go anyways. That's love. Yeah. It, it's, it might not feel like love the way that we feel love. Right? But, man, we overemphasize the heart right i mean and thank you disney you know like and and again i love i uh, we watch all the disney movies you know yeah. uh, there's not a you know but like thank you disney for making it all about our hearts when it's like it's so not yeah. okay if and and that oh okay i'll try not to go into this if i only loved my wife when i felt like loving my wife yeah. our marriage would have been over years ago okay yeah. but i made a head commitment i made a heart commitment i said i'm going to be there Physically, I'm going to be there. I'm going to give my whole self to this woman. And so sometimes you have to lean on the head. You have to lean on the heart. You, have to, you know. But even the heart, actually, out of the three, eh, they all have their ups and downs. Um, but the heart, I mean, Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful. right? So if we trust our hearts, like there's this, and again, I say Disney just because there's a song uh, in the Tarzan movie, um, and it says, trust your heart, let faith decide. And every time that comes out, I look at, I pause, I tell my children, no. <laughs> Don't trust your heart. Yeah. Trust your heart through your understanding and through what you know is best and, and through your experiences, right, and how you live your life. It's part of the big puzzle anyways. So, yeah, um, I mean, I whole some man, I'm telling you, when, when people walk in and we start worship... I am intentionally trying to touch the heart. But I'm also making sure that the head's going to walk out here full. And we're also providing opportunity to take next steps, right? So at Hope Summit, when, when I prepare a sermon, when we prepare music, because you know, man, music can so manipulate that stuff. And there's a lot of churches out there that are huge because they, those guys know how to create a program that is going to sweep you up. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as they're getting healthy in the other ways as well, you know. Yeah. You know the the feely churches, it, it's good, and uh, but you got to be you got to be careful. And I would even say I hope some it. Um, you know I I think um, I probably lean on the on the head side a little bit harder. You know so um, so I'm thankful for a good team that helps keep the heart in some of these things. Um, I do really love to learn and study. You know and and uh, man, that's just the best part of my job. I just I get paid to sit down with God's Word and commentaries and learn, right. and then present some stuff, right? And so on Sundays, I think um, if we lean anyway, it's probably more towards the knowledge. But that's because I got thirty minutes. You know, I got thirty minutes. But there will be other times where we just kind of I'm going to preach real short, and we're just going to add extra worship because we really want people to. To try to kind of feel a little bit, you know, and so when they, on our end, we're trying to touch all three, uh, and the fourth one, of course, soul. Again, like I said, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, just so I think that that yeah. kind of hits
1: uh, what we've yeah. been talking about. Um, so yeah, let's talk about like so why, and I'm I'm speaking for myself, but I'm assuming I'm not the only one who feels this way, like. Why do I dread the the prospect of going to church if I care about Christianity? And I'm assuming it's a little. There's a little more to it than just social anxiety. Sure,
0: you know. Okay, so so social anxiety. Which, by the way, I mean you and I met at uh, a bowling night, right? Yeah, you, you know, if you have social anxiety, you're doing great,
1: okay? Because you are super friendly and easy to talk to and all that stuff. So I don't yeah. know. Well, and just a side note with that, like I other stuff I've touched on in other videos like I also made a documentary about autism oh so that's kind of a whole other realm that I'm because I was diagnosed in like fourth grade with pervasive development disorder not otherwise specified which is like a other category sure but um, interesting oh yeah I was I was diagnosed uh, as bipolar
0: after they tried I mean when I was a kid Ridland first came out my teacher signed a petition I gave it to my parents and said, he needs to be put on Ritalin. Isn't that crazy? So they took me to a doctor, and the doctor's like, well, I mean, if they think so, then yeah. (laughs) Okay. It didn't last long. Sure. It didn't last long. Thankfully, we got a second opinion, and the guy's like, yeah, he's got it, but he's just going to have to learn to control it. Thanks, doc. But anyways, yeah, so I was like, so, so yes, you are right. There's definitely deeper stuff, Okay. And um, if I were to just base it even on my own personal experience, meeting with other people, um, everything that I've seen, especially with kids growing up in it, um, there's probably a couple of um, there's probably a couple of uh, negative instances where association with church and an individual or a uh, a certain crisis or a some sort of trauma or um, or just um people being just stupid right i mean like so there's probably i think man if you've been in the church it's just inevitable people are people i told people i could i could i could do the perfect i could have the perfect church in the uh in the um very most shallow way just i don't i just can't let people in you know it'd be no people yeah um but anyways um so that'd be my guess I would also throw out there um, another part of this. Now I don't get—I'm not—I'm not one of those pastors that gets uh, really into uh, hardcore into like spiritual warfare stuff. Okay, but um, I—we have an enemy who's who who his his two biggest things is that he deceives, he distorts, right? That's what he does. He he can't create anything, but he can take good things and twist them. Okay. And then he can take truth and twist it. So, like, the enemy, when you think about the enemy, um, his greatest power, his greatest tool is to distort. Like, he can just take good things and just twist them just right, you know. And so, like, you got to keep in mind, like, you act, now, I, you know, some people believe everyone's got a devil and an angel kind of stuff, right? I don't know how much I give into that stuff. I've I've often said I don't think I need an enemy to tempt me. I'm pretty good at tempting myself, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that there's an active presence that is working to uh, working against you, right? Uh, he's to be fair, he's really working against God. It's you know you're kind of just a pawn in the game, you know. Just that's all we are. Um, right. But so I really do believe there is something to the fact that. Um, in those moments, I just, I don't think that it's a mistake that there seems to always be something sweeter on the other side, you know, and I mean, let's, let's be real, like, you got a Sunday off, right, it's time to sleep in, it's time to get chores done, it's time to, we're going to dedicate it to church, and now you're sitting across from a pastor who wants to get you busy, not, not just make you a part of something for you, but make you a part of something for other people. It's like I'm trying to give you more work to do when you already have enough stuff, right? But again, a healthy, a healthy uh, active church is going to help you get involved in a lot of different ways. But again, we're, now we're talking about taking more of your time, you know? So like, so I get it. It's, <laughs> if he's got an easy job, it's, that's what it is. It's easy to just be like, yeah, church, whatever, you know? Um, but at the same time, I think it's really wise for all of us to stop and just... its I constantly relate it to my own... I've, I've gone up and down in my weight. Up and down, up and down, right? I know how to be healthy. I know how to work out. I did P90X craziness for a while. I've done, you know, just normal work. I've just uh, Like, I have to come to the point where I say, I believe this is good for me when I have a hundred other things I could be doing with that time, right? And so... The grass is always greener, but I believe that Jesus is the only one who can really lead me to the greenest grass, right? That's, I mean, that's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? He leads me to green pastures beside still waters, right? So the question, again, it comes down to faith. What do I believe about Jesus, right? Do I believe what I, how, and how I view church and and what my role is there and what, you know, I'm going to get out of it or what I can give to it. Because, again, thankfully, again, these younger generations, which I will do. I'm 28. 28, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm 30. Oh, man, I'm 38. Okay? So, so, like, 28 and even younger. I was uh, uh, kind of in the middle of Generation X and Millennials. In fact, I'm, I'm called an Xennial. Which means, what it means is I totally get when baby boomers are just frustrated with young people, I totally get where they're coming from. But I also understand why they're frustrated with boomers. We're kind of in this weird generation. Uh, it, means, it means I had a, uh, an analog childhood and a digital um, adulthood. Okay? So like I grew up when there wasn't any internet. Computers were, I, mean, I remember having my dad having an Apple II and it was this huge thing, right? So that was my childhood. Of analog childhood, and so what that means is that when I, uh, when I, when I think about what church is about, right, I can see it from both of these perspectives. Um, but at the same time, um, sorry, that I got off on something there. <laughs> um, uh, I literally just lost where I was going. Help me out. Where was I going before the next annual thing? Mm. That totally threw me off. We <laughs> yeah. like were talking about like. Uh, Why you dread going to church. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, the younger generations, thankfully, want to show up and be a part of something that makes a difference. Okay? The older generations showed up because Christianity was the norm. Right? It was a norm. If you went to a church consistently and got your pastor... To, uh, to, to to back you up, it would help you get elected for things, right? Like, so Christianity was the normal thing for those boomers and above, right? This new generation is not growing up in that, but they want to do good. They want to be a part of something, right? And so it is really, really important, okay, whether you're old or young, that you... Trying to just cleanse the board a little bit and just say, why do I want to be at church, right? And then, like, put in, put, in, put in all the reasons why you think it's good, but put in all the reasons why you think it's, why you're just avoiding it, right? Some of that kind of honesty. And then finding some people you can trust and be like, man, I mean, here's where I'm struggling with this, right? Uh, which, you know, feel free, anytime. <laughs> call me up if you want to have that conversation, right? Um, because, again, it comes down to I know I, I know I should, you know and I want to and I care about this stuff but I just have no desire to make it happen, right mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that just described the last time when I was, I was I was creeping up on 375 pounds right and like really, really big I knew it was good for me. I, I did care, I, want my, I don't want my kids to, to fall into that kind of stuff. And my son is already showing he's going to have a body just like mine, which means he's going to have to fight it, right? <laughs> some kids, you know, they just, they, just, they don't have to try, you know? Yeah. you know? When people are like, oh, the doctor told me I have to put on weight, I just want to, <laughs> Okay? But that is exactly, that describes exactly how I felt about taking the steps into getting some help. You know, Now, granted, I, I reached kind of a low point, right? And boy, oh boy, I would love, as a church leader, I care about preventative, right? I care about, I'm happy to have anyone come in, if they've reached their rock bottom, and they're like, I don't know where else to go to church, welcome to Hope Summit, we want to have you here, right? But I very much care about preventative, keeping them from that place, right? right? And so, like, um, that, so writing out these things, why I want to go, why I don't want to go, right? And then just making sure that, like, can we make sure that they fit what God's Word says, the, the value of these relationships are, right? Because sometimes, sometimes, again, the reasons why we think we should go, God's kind of looking at it going like, no, like, that, that's, a, that's okay. Don't worry about that one. I want to take that off, right? But dealing with kind of some of the pain, right? Um, I, I had really... Uh, my mother was really strict. Now, she wanted the best for me, right? She was really strict, and it was always about, like, if, 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 I, if I reached her, what she wanted for me, if I, if I got over the bar, that's as it should be. And so it seems like the only time I got feedback was when I was doing stuff wrong, okay? That's obviously created a lot of pain for me when it came to growing up and then seeing the church, because my mom was, a, again, that's the one thing. The only saving grace is the fact that if my mom was hard on me, she was just as hard on herself, okay? And that she genuinely did love Jesus and believe that he was the answer to things. And so she did care about other people. She did love. She, she lived. If my mom hadn't lived out that stuff and still treated me that way, <laughs> I don't right. know where I'd be right now, right? right. Okay, so like, so, so I had to deal with that pain. And I'm telling you, it, was, it, it took me time in a counselor's chair right? But I dealt with that pain and I started to like church. more. I felt less guilty. I felt more accepted by God. I felt all these things. It was connected to my mom, right? But that made it on Sundays. So there, there is going to be baggage that has to be, that really doesn't need to be dealt with. Again, I would not say, one of the best places to do that is at a church filled with people who are going to give you grace and love, understanding. That's a great place to deal with some of that stuff, right? Um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, our motivations for showing up. Let's make sure they let's make sure they match up with why God says this group of people is important, right? And then let's find a church that cares about that stuff too. Okay, and and I, uh, I again, I'm more than happy to have people come to Hope Summit. I'm actually really interested um, in growth through uh, new people coming to faith. Uh, we you know, churches trade sheep all the time. I'm not interested in that. Okay? Right. I'm not interested in that. I, I've seen churches that can do that, and uh, I, I, I think I understand those strategies. We can put them into place and grow a big church right now. Okay? I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, but finding a church that cares about what church is supposed to be about is important because you might be going to a church. That is caught up in being overly political, um, where the sermons are more opinion than they are gospel-based, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, um, again, not, again, take this with a grain of salt. Take this with a grain of salt. I do. I, sticking with the church is very, very important. And helping it get better is very, very important, right? But sometimes, sometimes people just find themselves thinking, well, I should go to church. But the reason they don't want to go to church is because the church isn't doing anything. It's not going anywhere. It's not not reaching out to them, you know, and caring about them and helping them grow. Uh, Churches can exist just because they exist. Right. And so I will say, make sure that the church you're going to uh, cares about what God says the church is supposed to be about, which, for the record, is go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So it's caring about people on the outside of the church and people on the inside of the church. There's got to be an outward focus. There's got to be a mission. You know, there's got to be a vision. When you step into a church, what what, what, what you want is for them to have done the work so that you step in and be like, what do I do to be a better parent. Oh, we got a small group to help you with that. And uh here's a bunch of resources, you know, or or ah, I just don't I just know I need to get closer to Jesus. Cool. Here's like three next steps so we can help you take, yeah. you know, like they they've thought of a of a of an approach. Again, nothing's ever systematic about people growing in faith. Right. But the options are there. There's a there's a there's a plan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, there's a plan. Some people think, well, if if i go in and we have enough songs and, and preaching people will just kind of naturally grow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so i have a gym membership. Does that mean <laughs> that i'm going to get healthy? Right? No. Yeah. So
1: you want a church that sees their people in that light. Yeah. So so let's, let's talk a little bit about like and you're kind of getting at it like church being just part of the equation mm-hmm. whereas there's also like personal prayer, bible study, uh, Bible study groups, like service work, like etc. There... So here I'm gonna
0: shamelessly promote what we do at Hope Summit. <laughs> sure. Because it answers that question. Yeah. yeah. Because at Hope Summit, okay, well our our logo I put it on the living. <laughs> living to Love and Glorify Jesus. Right? Like that's our purpose. When you walk in, anyone walks in, our goal is to help you become a person of love in such a way that people look at you and they can see Jesus in you. Right? So that so that We don't. We don't need a bunch of people going around being people's saviors. We have one savior, that's enough. So let's live lives that draws people attention to Christ and the transforming power that He can have in our lives. Right. So living to love and glorify Jesus, and the way that we help people do that. And this has gone through revisions. Like this is something that's that has refined over time. We ask people to take five next steps. Okay. The first one is Sundays are important. You know, attending church regularly is a big deal. Uh, It's just a consistent thing that will just continue to, again, help you reset, help you refocus, encourage, right? We just, it's incredible. You can just tell when someone's been coming to church consistently, they start making decisions in their lives a little bit different. It just really makes a difference. So, 10 church regularly, and then serve. Okay? We've talked a lot about that, that it's not just about me growing. It's about uh, me being a part of the body, about us. So... Uh, you know, we believe every person is being equipped by God for parts of the work that needs to be done. And uh, again, very, that's, that's, that's found in First Corinthians uh, 13, 13, I think, or 12:12. 12, 12. It's one of those two. And it talks about how the, the, the body is made up of many parts. And it just says our bodies have fingers and toes and those, you know, a, so it is with Christ. And so, so God has equipped each of us. Uh, to play our part. So when people are missing from the church, it's like uh, body parts missing, right? And so, so that's, so serving is a big part. Uh, we, we encourage people to join, to go deeper into relationship through small groups. Now we define small groups, uh, it's a little bit more broad. Our, our, the goal is that on Sundays you have church and at some point throughout the week you're connecting with other believers and developing a little bit deeper relationship with them a lot of great things come from that we do want you in God's Word but we want you to like play board games and you know take vacations you know together and go hang out up in the cities and whatever you know like, like we encourage the fun stuff of relational side of things as much as the Bible study but it, we just know that in those relationships um, that deeper relationship is really what connects people so so serve, share, uh, join a group, uh, and then we do focus on study and pray, uh, study and prayer. And so uh, reading our Bibles consistently, digging into them consistently. Um, every Sunday at Hope Summit, uh, we have um, a reading plan that you can have for that next week that will, so you can just read your Bible, right? And we use an app that is very, that's uh, very easy that's the thing that everyone uses is called the you app and so we find a reading plan on there it, all, it correlates with the sermon with what we're talking about that sunday so it helps people have something to educate themselves with a little bit do some self-feeding right we also have a thing called right now media which is basically netflix for christians it's just filled with a lot of great teaching, small group material all kinds of great stuff stuff for kids you know and uh, the guy who made uh, veggie tales back in the day phil visher he's got some stuff on there it's amazing for kids it's so good uh, but anyway, so you'll always have something to watch on Right Now Media as well, right? So, so what we do is, and we offer these links so that you just, you just, we have a little blue card. You put, you say, yeah, I want that reading plan and that thing. It will email them to you because by Tuesday, there's a good chance we've forgotten. You know, I've forgotten some of my sermons by Tuesday, and uh, so. So we try to reconnect in that way later in the week to continue to encourage taking those next steps. So, so that offers some time to really uh, focus in on studying and prayer time, you know. And then we have, of course, lots of ways to get involved in prayer. But then the last one is uh, learning to share Jesus, learning to uh, the personal evangelism side of things, which, again, we try to make very accessible. Sharing your faith can be very uh, scary sometimes. There's a... So anyway, so when you think about what it means to be a follower of Christ, you know, when it means to, uh, you know, what do we, how do I pursue Christ? Those are the five next steps that we're just always encouraging, right? Church, serve. How are you connecting with people on a deeper relational level? How are you connecting one-on-one with God at prayer time? Or, again, like, uh, read God's Word with someone else. That's the cool thing about this uh, app is that, like, if you and I are friends, I can sign up for a reading plan and invite you to it, and then you and I can read the same stuff, and there's even a comment section we can talk back and forth with, right? So, um, again, as as often as we can take the I out of spirituality, you know, and just, like, let's make it about us, um, which us doesn't fit in spirituality unless you take a couple of the words. But anyways, um, and then, and then equipping people to, uh, when they're given the chance, to be like, this is why I follow Jesus. Again, we're not about making converts at Hope Summit. We're not. Yeah. We, <laughs> the, you and I can't do that. We just, like, God is the only one who can save, right? We don't, like I said, we don't need a bunch of saviors walking around this world. What we need is a bunch of people who just are like, lives have been so changed by Christ that people take notice... And then they're given the chance to be like, well, the reason I'm like this is because Jesus came in and took me from where I was, and this is where I am now, and, and it's found in faith. And they're just given the chance to share about Christ. Because that's, again, it comes back, that's yeah, it loops back to our very first question, yeah. when people walk the walk, right? And so, so again, we, so everything we do... On a Sunday morning, when it comes to the sermons, when it comes to special events, when it comes, to, if, if they don't do one of those five things, we don't do them. Which is really freeing as a church leader. Because there are tons of things that we can spend our time and energy on. And uh, we are just saying these are the five things we're going to help people do. And it's not dependent on a generation. It's not dependent on anything. It just gets that done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about... Uh, so people that kind of treat God like a genie or go to church on like Christmas, Easter only. Sure. Uh, okay. Tell you what. I we call them creasters. Right, I heard CEO when I was in. School. Yeah, CEO.
0: <laughs> yeah, priesters. Yeah, tell you what. What I um, what I try. We are very intentional on Easter and Christmas. To uh, so um, this is an interesting fact that I learned. Um, a book was recently put out called "You Lost Me," and um, it's just just talking about people and their relationship to God and where they are and what they're interested in coming back. And there's
1: a lot of interest in coming back. For the record, a lot of people are interested in going back to church. Yeah. Well, and my the mother-in-law said, like, she's a, a addictions counselor, but she was, has that psychology background, so she was talking about like uh, walking away is kind of just a natural part of the development. Mm-hmm. Like somewhere in those teenage years, I mean, you got the running joke of like uh you know when you convert or confirm your your youth then you never see him again yeah 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 and and you know how many of those guys we see him coming in
0: our church It happens all the time man Mm -hmm. happens all the time um and and so like the the thing that i try to do and now i will say this is this is a result of uh 15 years yeah that's where i'm at 15 years of church, full-time church experience. When I was young, oh, forgive my young years, God. Um, you know, I kind of like, oh, you know, they they don't really care. Why are they even, Why are they even showing up? Kind of stuff. But thankfully, over time, it was like, you know what? They're giving us a chance. They're giving us a chance. It was really interesting. This book. Sorry, I got off that. This book. Have you lost me? Um, or you found me? That's what it is. You found me. I think there's a different book called You Lost Me. Um, they do a lot of the statistics. And um, the de churched are more uh, more likely to come to an Easter. The unchurched, meaning no real background, are more likely to come to Christmas. Isn't that interesting? That's, um, but the whole point is that they've given us a chance, you know? And so we're very intentional. But at the same time, we don't put on a lot of glitz and glam because we don't want to like have this huge production. They show up the <laughs> next Sunday. They're like, "What happened? This is kind of lame compared to last week." You know, yeah. we just try to show uh, reality or whatever. But um, you know, I a lot of it I have found The a lot of the creaster stuff comes from. Uh, yeah, there's probably some residual guilt that I'm not going consistently. You know, and and again, that let's then let's stop and really. That's the problem, is we don't stop and think. That's why reading our Bible is so powerful, to actually take a time to quiet our, uh, our heads. That's why meditation has become such a big thing. Because We just stop, right? But if we stop and really think about what I'm wanting, it can turn things around. But So, so often I think they're, they're, they just haven't stopped to really think what they want, why they come. I think they're trying to push down a little bit of guilt. They're probably going because they promised a relative that they would. You know they're probably being dragged in or whatever. You know, and uh, or they or again they think very fair, favorably of the church. They don't feel like they need it, but they're like, hey, it'll be fun to go. Like all that's all that I understand, and uh, very much just like, um, you know they've they've probably found their community somewhere. They're finding they're finding the things that God wants to provide in in other methods, right? Um, and we're happy to have them. And we want them to come back. We want to help them bridge gaps. Uh, we want to help them probably heal from some bad experiences that they found in the church. And uh, so, if people, but but again, that's why our you know if, if 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 the church has a recruitment method, it's not at least Hope Summit for us. That's not it. Um, I very much am like church. You have friends and family that need to see Jesus in you. Uh, if they can see that then they'll probably give church a chance until then they don't care what I have to say right. there's enough voices in their lives you know yeah, the advent of the internet has only increased that right? so I'm one and unless I have a giant church where there's enough like herd mentality of like oh then it must be great since so many people listen to them until you get that most people aren't really interested in coming to check you out right? it's found in our people I'm telling you that is where our success has been founded. Hope Summit. Friends baptizing their friends, mm-hmm. right? Friends bringing their friends, and those friends getting connected. And I'll tell you, at a, and I just cannot emphasize how important that is. We had a. We have a guy. The guy that runs our sound right now, okay, who has led men's men's groups and has brought the guys from Teen Challenge over to his house for barbecues and all this kind of stuff, right? That guy was a friend that God invited to Christmas. But. But um, we had really spent time the couple weeks before Christmas, saying, "Church, get your friend, like invite your friends. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't say their no for them, right? Yeah. Let them say no, and it's okay, you know. And uh, so we had them write down their friends' names on ornaments, and we hung them up on the Christmas tree. He comes, he starts getting connected, and then his son dies, tragically. And I'm the first person he calls. He and I are still developing a relationship, but he didn't he didn't know who else to call. So he called me, and I went to the ER as they were working on his son. I'm in the room with them, with the parents, put their arms around them as they're going through this. Right? Like, I'm telling you what, if he hadn't decided to step in on Easter, like, I, he'll tell you where he would have gone. And now he's an active part of a community, and he just said, this church saved my life. Right? And so... Join us, priesters. We love you.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the kind of the same thing. Like, you don't know, like you were saying earlier, that the, somebody, God has set up something for somebody in that particular service. Yeah. Like, um, so we
0: try to be intentional yeah. and, and encourage. We'll take anything people are willing to give us.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I was taught, and I, I believe this, like, you can't cherry pick parts of the Bible mm. to believe. So, you want to talk about, like, is not doing the church service, like, is that kind of cherry-picking Christianity?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at that question for a while, like, yeah. how do I say this nicely? <laughs> kind of, yeah. you know? Like, maybe, uh, again, spirit, this is not about religion, it's about a relationship with Jesus. If anyone takes anything out of this, Please put that down, okay? Like, the moment that we see uh, this place, this church that we're in right now, the moment they see it as a part of their religion, it means that they can, uh, they can silo it in their life. That means they can put that as a different part of their house, and they can go visit their religion when they want to, and then they can step away from it when they don't want to. That, I've just seen that happen so many times. Well, it's my religion. Okay. No, no. okay, hang on. But a relationship means the connectivity to all that stuff, right? That's why so often we see it almost as a marriage. Uh, that's why marriage is such a powerful thing, of this, this oneness of two people becoming one. Like that's what God offers us in Christ, this oneness that comes with Him, right? And so we want to see this God coming into our life as, we're, as like the relationship, as like the most important relationship where He is connected to every single aspect of our lives. When it's really easy to make religion about, I do this, I do this, I do Check this, and then I'm good. Yeah. So I can go into my house, in that part of my house, and I can work on these things and then walk out, and I'm fine because that's part of the house taken care of. When we see a relationship, we see someone walking alongside of us through it. And what that does is it brings a lot of grace. I mean, it could be, it could be fearful for some people to be like, whoa, Jesus is getting involved in every aspect of my life, then that means he's seeing me do a lot of dumb stuff. Well, yeah, he is, but at the same time, if your faith is, do you really believe that Jesus loves you with an unconditional love? Do you really believe that it's in faith that you can be saved? Do you, re- do you really believe that he's going to hold on to you and that his love is deeper than any of your darkest sin, greater than any of your greatest shame? If you really believe that, right, then what happens, and I've seen this happen, people are like... So uh, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to go to the bar, but I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I'm like, go, okay, go, but just try to keep him next to you and see what it's like, right? Right? And then over time as they learn to really trust this Jesus who loves them, which often is shown as an example through the other Christians in their lives, right? They start to see, I don't need to get drunk at the bar. I don't need that. I'm okay. You know? And that's how Jesus starts changing us from the inside out. Okay? And again, I, I, there's a whole other aspect of this when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we are given this opportunity to like, have God residing in us, with us. And that he gives us control over things. Right? That's, just, that's what happens. That's, that's why in AA they're always talking about who's your higher power. Right? For most people, that is God. Right, and they are saying like I can't beat this, but you can through me. Right? I'll tell you, I I love the AA program. I really do. It actually came from a church. Did You know that it started in the church. Yes. the, the mother, like I said, addictions counselor. Plus yeah. My own learning. I'm you know, telling you, I love it. All I love it. Of it. All yeah. Of it. yeah. <laughs> I was I I, did, I had a strong addiction to pornography early on in life, but anyways, so um, so when it comes to cherry picking, like what I like and what I don't like, I just I want I, I want this to be seen. Um, not as a list of things to go after right it 's more of like what does it mean? How can I get to know you better right and And so picking stuff out of the Bible that I like oh that is that 's everywhere, and I have to be careful we all have to be careful. the bible's big and complicated, you know the moment that it 's just like, yeah, they spoke a different language, they had a completely different culture, so trying to understand <laughs> you know all this stuff like. So, so it's going to be natural that there's something grabbed and misinterpreted. Like my favorite one, God's never going to let you go through anything that you can't handle. That is so much bull. Yeah. Okay? No, 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 no. If we believe James chapter 1, God's intentionally going to let us go into things that are too heavy for us so that he can test us, so that we can, so that he can refine us, right? Woo! So... Yeah, so cherry-picking, that's always a dangerous thing, and that's a whole other con- yeah. conversation. However, saying, and, and it, it, I'll just I'll tell the story. There's a there's a young man who, um, who didn't want to go to church. Um, he grew up in the church, and his mom wanted him to go to church, and he didn't want to go to church. So she did what has happened to me many times. Let's call the pastor over, see if he can convince him, right? Oh, that has rarely worked, <laughs> okay? You know how it works, though? When I start developing a relationship with that person, yeah. I start showing them there's good things to follow. That's what turns, right? Anyways, but this guy, and uh, again, it's probably just a parable. I don't know. Maybe it was true. I don't know. This guy goes in and goes to this house, and the, the sun is out back, and he's watching a fire, right? And so he goes back there, and the, the preacher knows the kid doesn't want to talk to him, the kid is obviously with his body language showing so you don't talk to him. So there's not much going on there, right? The kid knows mom sent you here because you're trying to fix me. I just don't want to go to church. Anymore. So they're sitting there looking at the fire. And the preacher reached over, grabs one of the logs, and puts it outside of the fire. right? And it's kind of weird, but he doesn't say anything. And he just kind of watches the thing kind of smolders and then eventually goes out. Right? And then he picks that up, and he puts it back in, and it catches back on fire. And he stands up to walk away, and the kid goes, all right, I'll see you on Sunday. All right? Like, that, that's what it's about. It's about the fact that when, when someone says, well, I don't need church to love God, you know what? You're right. You're right. But we are missing on, on so many great opportunities to get better. Can someone stay at home and work out? Okay? And get strong. Right? Sure. But I don't think I know anyone who has gone from unhealthy to healthy without anyone's help. Right? Okay? When we say, I don't need other people, you know what? You're right. Maybe you don't. But I'm telling you, they need you. And I'm just saying, over time, Every person that I've, that I've seen who said, I don't need church to love God, they have that, you, you just give it time. And then in time, they're not interested in God at all. They're just not. And if they are, it's probably because they do have other people investing into them, and that's, again, a whole other thing. So, um, do you have to go to church to be a, a great follower of Jesus? Um, it seems to me just an experience. If anyone has without it, they are quite exceptional. And probably are doing it with a mission in mind. Meaning, missionaries go and they don't have a church, right? They go and help make that. So they're probably quite exceptional. For the rest of us, I need it. I mean, I'm the preacher. I need it, man. I. No, that's a whole... Yeah. And
1: that's a whole other piece. I'm yeah. telling you, God,
0: I had a moment right there, right there, where I was trying to figure out a sermon, and I was just like, God, come on, you brought me here because they, needed, they need me so I can help teach them, right? And he just stopped me in my tracks. And I, it, I don't, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it was clear. He was like, excuse me, I brought you here because you need them just as much as they need you. And I admit, I'm telling you what, I will never forget that moment.
1: I do think that's a, a good place to wrap up. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely have more talks with Jeff. Uh, like I said, we got a lot of rabbit holes to go down. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So um, if you want to give you a plug for Hope Summit. Oh, sure. Um,
0: I guess I didn't even think. Uh, Hope Summit. Uh, you know what? Check us out. Hopesummitchurch.com. You know, check us out there. Um, every all the info you need is there. Uh, you can go to our YouTube page. Hope, if you go to the uh, our page on YouTube is Hope Summit Church. Uh, you can even just look at all of our services because everything's being filmed nowadays, you know. So you can check us out. You can see what we're like even before stepping in the building. But, of course, everything's better in person. We are very careful with, uh, um, you know, you can't see behind you, but all of our chairs are, like, spaced out, you know. So everything, we, we wear masks on Sundays, even when we sing, which is not a popular opinion, but we want to keep people safe, so... Would love to have you. uh, 9:30. uh, Sorry, 9 or 10:30. Uh, We have two services every Sunday. So,
1: thanks for being on the show. Yeah,
0: thank you, man. Appreciate it.